Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. And the angels say this, before we can destroy Sodom, you must be removed. Remind you of the rapture? It's a perfect picture of the rapture. So God says, I will provide a way of escape. I warned them. They warned Lot. They took Lot out of the city. His family was saved. And God's wrath came down and did what? Destroyed it. God's wrath. He always provides, number one, a warning before judgment. And number two, a way of escape. In the last days, there will be two places you can be, under God's wrath or under God's grace. There was a payment made for man's sin, but you still have to accept it and live according to the word. The other option is wrath, which God will pour out during the end times. If you're holding back, biding your time and not accepting the Lord, you're playing a dangerous game. Jesus' return will happen in the blink of an eye with no warning. If you're choosing to live life the way you want, indulging your flesh, you're rejecting him. There's no dabbling when it comes to faith in Christ. When he returns, there will be a clear line drawn as to who is for him and who is against him. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9 for our continuing study entitled, God's Timetable for the Future. Now, the scripture tells us some people will be in heaven, but have zero, any kind of benefits as far as wonderful rewards. They will have no rewards. Now, I don't understand how that's going to be because the Bible also says there's no tears in heaven. So how we can be there and know that we're not, I don't know how that's going to be, but I just trust the Bible. Others will be given rewards based on their works. It has nothing to do with salvation. It has to do with after you come to Jesus Christ. Now, during this time of the rapture, and when this happens, it's going to happen like this. The rapture is going to happen in a twinkling of an eye. Now, see, some of you are going to say this. Well, when it happens, I'm going to say to God, time, let me get ready. Too late. You can't get ready. There's no time to get ready. It will happen instantaneously, and it will be over. Now, is that going to be a great time or what? Well, three of you are going, I guess. The... <laughs> I'll tell you what, you don't want to be here. We're going to go. You're going to see what the rest of it is this morning. Is that a great time or what? Yeah. It is. God, they said amen. I'm trying the best I can do. Let's go back to this uh, overview of the time. When we talk about this, there's certainly even people here in the, in the scripture, in the body this morning. When we talk about this sequence, the rapture coming before the tribulation, we call that the pre-tribulation view of end time things. Pre-before the tribulation. There are wonderful Christians in the world today that have differing views. Actually, there's about five different views between there and the second coming. Then there's a few views, amillennialism and other views on that. Here's what I want to say. We're not here to argue 
I believe, and I believe the Bible is very specific, and many, 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 I can give you 30 or more reasons why I believe that. I'm not going to do that this morning. Maybe we'll do that when we go through Daniel or whatever. But I believe in the pre-trib. I believe that's what's going to happen. Now, don't be argumentative with other people. They may have their own... There are some people that believe that at the middle of the tribulation, Jesus is going to come and take us out of here. Some people believe in the middle of the middle of the tribulation, God's going to come. Some people believe He's going to come at the end. There's a lot of different feelings. Just don't make it an argument point. Do you know today churches split over this? And while we're arguing about all this, the world is going to hell, but we're going to prove our point. Don't be that way. Just join us at the right point. It's pre-trib. The rest can be wrong. That's all right. When the rapture occurs, they'll join us. They'll just say it's too soon, but that's all right. Okay, so do you understand that? Don't get divisive. Don't get sidetracked. Just be right. All right, now. When will the rapture happen? Here's something you need to know. There are no signs for the rapture. There are no biblical signs for the rapture. Why is that? If you knew a week from Thursday the rapture would occur, how would you live the next week? Any different? Holy, holy. Man, would we live different. So what does God do? He gives you no time. Why? So that you will always be what? Ready. Pretty smart God, isn't he? How does he know us so well? He knows us. So there are no signs at all for the rapture. So there isn't a time you can look and say, well, I know the rapture is getting close. It's going to happen because of this sign here. No, it isn't. Now, let's talk about the tribulation. Outside the rapture, we said for something to remember is God's grace. The tribulation you want to remember is this, God's wrath. God's wrath. When that rapture occurs, the next seven years are called the tribulation. It's a time when there is going to be tremendous wrath and destruction from God on this earth. If you're a Christian, in this life, if you're a Christian, will you ever be persecuted? Will you ever have trouble? Yes. Where does that persecution and trouble come from? comes from Satan. comes from Satan. God allows it, and it comes from Satan. You see, we, we talk about being persecuted for Jesus, and what we talk about is that somebody made fun of us at work. But this all comes from Satan. There is another time of persecution coming. It's totally different. This comes from God, and it happens during the tribulation time. Persecution and trouble during that time will come from God. So why is that coming? I'd like to talk about the love of God and the grace of God. What is the wrath of God? Well, the wrath of God is God's personal anger against sin and wickedness. God is a just God. He's a holy God. We don't think about that too much anymore. In fact, we take holiness kind of like a way you dress or whatever. That isn't it at all. Holiness is the way we think, the way our minds focus, the lifestyle that we live. 
God is a holy God. Here's the mistake that comes. When a sinner does all these things in the lifestyle, there's some fun. They continue to sin because they say this. I'm getting away with it. How are they getting away with it? No, they're not getting away with it. You see, because the Bible says, be sure your sin will find you out. What happens is this. When I sin on this night, and there's no judgment from God, or nothing bad happens to me or whatever, and we've seen this with people, the homosexual lifestyle, lesbian or whatever, TV's filled with it now. They don't get AIDS. They're fine. They think they're home free. Is the judgment of God ever going to come and deal with that issue? Well, it's going to come. It's going to come. And because it hasn't come, people think that there's nothing to this God of holiness. But there is a wrath. There is a judgment of God coming where Jesus talks about this. Now, for a believer, you don't have to worry about the wrath of God. This is good news. You don't have to worry about the wrath of God. The reason you don't have to worry about the wrath of God is this. Before the wrath of God comes in the tribulation, where are the Christians? We're out of here. Why? Here's something you need to remember. God is a good and loving God, and He does this. Before judgment, He always gives warnings. By the way, you're getting one this morning. And secondly, He just doesn't give you a warning but he always provides a way of escape. You got it? So he's saying to the disciples, there's great judgment coming. God's going to finally go one day, that's it. But I'm giving you a warning. And there is a way of escape. Now you can go to the Bible, and you can go through the Bible, and if you want some homework this week, this is a good time for you. Study Noah in the ark. A great picture of God's grace, his warning, and his way of escape. Second one, study Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah. Another great time where God comes and shows them warning and then a way of escape. You remember Lot? Abraham was there in the Old Testament. and Two angels came to Abraham and they said, we're going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah because it's filled with sin. By the way, the sin that was filled with is the sin that our country is filled with this morning. We're going to do this. And Abraham says, well, wait a minute. My, my nephew Lot is there. He, he's a righteous God. Would a just God go in and destroy without warning? So Abraham starts dealing with the angels. If you find 50 righteous people in Sodom, will we just leave it alone? God said, yeah. If you find 40, and Abraham's faith is getting weak, 30 and 20 and 10. And God goes, yes, yes, even 10. So they go off and they find how many righteous? What? And the angels say this, before we can destroy Sodom, you must be removed. Remind you of the rapture? It's a perfect picture of the rapture. So God says, I will provide a way of escape. I warn them. They warned Lot. They took Lot out of the city. His family was safe. And God's wrath came down and did what? Destroyed it. God's wrath. He always provides, number one, a warning before judgment. And number two, a way of escape. Turn to 1 Thessalonians, you're already there. Chapter 5, verse 9. Here's the question we need to ask ourselves. I'll ask this a number of times. We're going to go quickly as we go through this. Are you under grace or are you under wrath? 1 Thessalonians 5, 9 says this. 
For God did not appoint us, in other words, he doesn't have it in his plan for Christians, to suffer what? Wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is one of my favorite verses for telling you why I believe in pre-tribulation. God did not appoint me to go through what? Wrath. So he's going to save me from it. How has he saved me from it? Through Jesus Christ. Turn back to the book of Romans quickly. Romans chapter 6, verse 23. It's a verse you're familiar with, but in, in understanding whether you're under grace or wrath, we need to see it. Here's what God says through the Apostle Paul. Romans 6, 23. For the wages of sin, in other words, the outcome of sin, what's going to happen with sin, is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So let's talk about our lives. By the way, if you will, while you're doing that, turn to a Second Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, just back a couple books, verse 21. When you were born, when I was born, we were born in sin. In sin, you will see that you're going to be under judgment. You're going to be under judgment, then you're going to be under God's wrath, and you're eventually going to be experiencing spiritual death, which means hell or separated from God forever. So here I am under God's wrath. Now, there's no way for me to get out from God's wrath myself. But we just saw that the, the punishment of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Well, how do I get over there to the gift of God? Well, here's how you go. You always go through the cross. So every single person is either under God's wrath or they're under God's grace. Since God is a holy God, he required a payment for man's sin. He required a payment, a perfect sacrifice. That was Jesus Christ. Let's read 2 Corinthians 5.21. Let's read what happened. God made him, and that's Jesus. God made Jesus, who had how much sin? Didn't have any sin, he was perfect. God made Jesus, who had no sin, to what? Be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So here's what happened. On the cross, when Jesus was there, the sin of the whole world was placed upon who? Jesus. Your sin was placed on Jesus. He became sin for who? For you and for me. And that's the only way I can be saved. Isn't that an awesome thing that God did for us through His Son, Jesus? See, there's no way to get from under God's wrath over here because I couldn't, I couldn't ever be good enough. So you have to go through the cross. So here's what you see. Sin equals God's judgment, God's wrath, and spiritual death. Anytime you take sin and combine it with Jesus, it's good news. Here's what it is. Sin plus Jesus equals salvation, God's grace, and spiritual life. Is that great or what? You see, I'm not under wrath anymore. I'm under God's grace. 
As a Christian, I don't have to worry about God's wrath. I don't have to worry about this kind of time coming. I don't have to feel condemned this morning. I don't have to feel that I don't have peace because I have peace with God. Deal in grace and salvation. That's his goal. That's why he sent Jesus. His goal is that everybody would take that move of accepting Jesus Christ as personal Savior. It has to come through the cross. You must accept Jesus Christ if you're going to move from wrath to grace. Now... You said, well, Pastor Mark, you talked about these signs that precede the tribulation. Well, what signs are you talking about? Well, I'm going to give you three signs this morning, and I want you to pay attention to the three signs. The reason I want you to pay attention is because they, they really will give you a sense of where we are in God's timetable. As I do that, don't be stupid like some people when they hear signs and they go, ah, don't, take, don't even think about it. So when I give you these signs this morning, listen up, pay attention. Here's the three signs. The nation of Israel, the city of Jerusalem, and the new temple. Those are the three signs that I want to talk about. There's many more, but those are the three signs I want to talk about that tell us that the tribulation period of time is getting close. It's very ironic that the tiny nation of Israel and the city of Jerusalem is the center of action for the entire world. Nobody in their right mind would ever believe that little country. And again, if you've been there and seen the country, you go, you got to be kidding me. That's exactly right. And the reason that's that way, it's because it's God's nation and it's God's people. In 70 AD, as we told you before, the Romans came in and destroyed the temple and the city. With that destruction, the Jews were dispersed throughout the world. And it wasn't until our generation, 1948, when the Jews came home and their nation became a nation again. Since that time, all these events have been lining up because the prophet Jeremiah said the nation would have to be back in their country. They would have to be there. So today we see these times. Now, you remember when Jesus predicted earlier on in Mark when we read that first verse this morning, he said, there's coming a time that somebody is going to desecrate the temple. You remember that? The abomination that causes desolation. There was going to be somebody that's going to come and desecrate the temple. What's the problem with that? There's no temple. So, I mean, if the end time prophecy says that somebody's going to have to come into this big temple, the holy's holy, and they're going to have to desecrate it, the first thing we need to be looking for is what? A temple. Uh, you need to keep your eyes open, because that's exactly what's happening. In other words, there has to be a temple to desecrate it. There is no temple today in Israel. There's none. It isn't there. It was destroyed in 70 AD. It's never been rebuilt. There is no temple. So what should we be looking for? the building of the temple. They're looking for the Messiah. Now you know the Jew, the religious Jew, most of the Jews are not religious, they're like most Americans, they say they're religious, never go to church, don't care about anything, they're not religious at all. But the religious Jews are looking truly for their Messiah. They rejected Jesus for one reason. They're looking for a man to come, a human. And when Jesus came, as he was fully man, he was also fully God. When Jesus said, I'm God's son, they went, time out, you're not the man, and they crucified him. So they're looking today for a Messiah who is going to be fully 
man. We'll show you in a moment. They're going to get their wish, except they're going to be deceived. Now you say, well, you mean the temple is, there's things underway that are getting ready to build the temple again? Yes. When you build a temple and you perform sacrifices of the animals as they did in the Old Testament, you have to have the right tools to do that. Those tools have all been lost. They're all being rebuilt. We went to the Temple Institute in Jerusalem. Those tools are being retooled today for the upcoming sacrifices. Not only do you have to have the tools, but you have to have somebody that knows how to operate the tools. There are over 200 young men, as I speak this morning, in the nation of Israel. Now, they don't believe at all like we believe. They just believe the temple's coming. But there's 200 young men this morning that are undergoing priestly training how to conduct those specific sacrifices. And the third little gem is that before you can walk into the brand new temple, and that's to be dedicated, comes from the Old Testament. Don't have time to go through it this morning just to mention it. It's called a red heifer. It's a particular breed of a cow. The red heifer is already in Israel. It's being bred. They're waiting for it to see if it's perfect. And the ashes of that red heifer will be burned, placed as they enter into the temple, and sacrifices can begin. All of these things are beginning to line up. So, now, signs are everywhere, but what about the man that's going to come and claim he is the Messiah? Who is this person? Who's going to fulfill the, the dreams of the Jews? Well, his name is the Antichrist. This is not a movie we're talking about this morning. This is not Armageddon that you go to see in the movie theater. This is real biblical things. And he has many, many names, 15 to 20 different names in the Bible. When we go through Revelations, we'll go through those. So what is the Antichrist going to do? At the beginning of the tribulation, when the church is out of here, at the start of that time, this man is going to appear. Probably going to come from the ten nations that are being rebuilt in the Roman, uh, the old Roman government over in Germany and France and England, all those countries. This revived Roman Empire is being, this is all happening in our time. This man's going to come out of here. Now what is this man going to do? Well, in the first three and a half years, he's going to come on the scene and here's what he's going to do. He's going to offer peace to this world. Think anybody's looking for peace? He's going to offer peace. Now, where is the church, by the way? We're out of here. We're gone. So what happens is when we go, it's going to get bad. Because the only thing that's keeping this world at least a little bit of a resemblance of holiness is the church. When the church is gone, we're out of here. We're the restraining force that's keeping Satan from pouring his whole vial of evilness on this world. But when we're gone in the rapture, then the tribulation starts. So we'll begin to find this. Great peace. We'll have a one-rule government for the world, one rule of money. You'll find also during this period of time, great prosperity. And the world's going to go, wow, this is terrific. This Antichrist is going to go to the Jews and he's going to say this, you can begin to build your temple. I'll say to the Arabs, you can have that part of the Temple Mount. The Jews, you can have this part. You can begin to build your temple. You can also begin to offer sacrifices. What do you think the Jews are going to think of this kind of a guy? This is the man. You the man. You the man. We joke about it, but they're going to call him the Messiah. Because he is a man who allows them to build the temple, to begin sacrifices, and to begin to worship God. Now, during this seven years, the Antichrist is making a covenant of peace. Now, his authority, the Antichrist, comes purely from Satan. It's all tied up. It's all set in order. 
In this message, we were given a hard truth, but one that doesn't have to be daunting if you've given your life to Jesus Christ. You are either under God's grace or under His wrath. As Pastor Mark explained, God is a holy God, having required a payment for sin. Sin results in God's judgment, followed by His wrath. With grace, we don't have to feel condemned or under God's wrath. We can feel at peace now and about what's to come. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. The messages that you hear each day here on Lessons for Living were produced from messages that Pastor Mark shared at the main campus in Melbourne. It's our prayer that this teaching from God's Word blessed and encouraged you in your walk with Jesus Christ. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. We want to take this time to invite you to join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Saturday nights at 6 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Now, the next time you join us here on Lessons for Living, we'll conclude part one of the message about God's timetable for the future. We'll see what people should be prepared for in the time of the Antichrist. Pastor Mark will outline the signs that will be present at the end of the Antichrist's reign, explaining how the Word has given us warnings and prophecy, everything we need to know in order to dwell in heaven with Him. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. 